Welcome back to Tales of Southwest Michigan's Past. This is Michael Delaware. I am your host. And today we are going to explore the story and history of Sidney and George Ketchum, the founders of Marshall, Michigan. So come along and join me. Now, Sidney Ketchum, according to Washington Gardner in the history of Calhoun County, is referred to as the first white man to settle permanently in Calhoun County. He came from the city of Peru in Clinton County, New York, in August of 1830. And to give you a reference on this, the lower counties from Jackson to Hillsdale all the way west to Berrien County were all surveyed between around 1827 to 1829 and officially organized around 1830-1831. And most of the wave of settlers did not begin to arrive until about 1831. So Sidney Ketchum was way ahead of the game and here much earlier than many of the settlers that followed in settling in Calhoun County and other parts of Southwest Michigan. So Sidney indeed was a pioneer, and he would eventually settle in what is known as present-day Marshall. What drove him to Michigan, you might ask? Well, it was essentially land speculation. It was a new pioneer spirit of trying to lay claim to land and take raw land and develop it into something. And the original survey of Lower Michigan to the rest of the country was reported to be all swamp land and essentially useless land. But Sidney came anyways in the summer of 1830, and he discovered it was far from what the reports had described. Rather than a wasteland of swamps, Sidney found that there was water that flowed at a confluence of Rice Creek and the Kalamazoo River in the area of Marshall. And he made the determination that that water flow could power a mill and it would be something that could be essential for establishing a proper settlement in the future. So he saw the value of that section of land, what is what is now known as Marshall, because of the river itself and the surrounding terrain. When Sidney had arrived in Michigan, before leaving New York, he had obtained letters of introduction from officials in New York, which he would then present to Governor Cass, who was the territorial governor of Michigan, when he landed in Detroit that summer. And having obtained all possible information for his journey from the governor's office, he proceeded into the interior. At Ann Arbor, he acquired the help of two men who had some knowledge of the country, and they went west over the territorial road. And at Jackson, they found there were several log cabins, so they continued to press westward. Initially, he located land at the forks of the Kalamazoo River, now the site of the city of Albion, and would later come across the junction of Rice Creek and the Kalamazoo River. And this is where he decided to stake his claim. Both of those sites he would file a claim on, and both sites he determined to have great possibilities for development. Now, there's a few interesting twists and turns that happened before he actually gained possession of the land. When he arrived, he discovered that a man by the name of Titus Bronson had already laid a claim to the land that he was interested in. 
And Titus Bronson was the man who would later found Kalamazoo. So he had come through ahead of Sidney Ketchum and laid a claim to that land, and he was probably going through different areas, and he'd laid claim also to what would become Bronson over in Kalamazoo, which was the original name of the city of Kalamazoo. And I've covered that in another podcast episode. So Titus Bronson got there ahead of him. So Sidney Ketchum traveled west, hoping to persuade Bronson to relinquish his claim. Bronson refused to do so. So Ketchum hired a lawyer by the name of Noble McKinstry for $75 to procure what was known as a floating claim on the property. And then he returned to what was present-day Marshall, and he discovered that another man by the name of Ruel Starr was staking a claim to the property, and another man known as Blashfield was laying claim to an adjacent property to Starr's. So Ketchum met the men, and he gave them a total of $150 along with two rifles to relinquish their interests. And this was all in the summer of 1830. So in the fall of 1830, his lawyer, McKinstry, filed a land claim at the Monroe Land Office on October 15th. In doing so, he attached not only Sidney Ketchum's name, but his own name to the claim. Sidney Ketchum subsequently purchased the land from McKinstry and another man by the name of Ephraim Hansen. And so... Titus Bronson apparently had not filed his claim with the Monroe Land Office. He had probably just posted a notice that he was claiming the land and never actually filed the paperwork. I'm not sure how that actually worked. The documents that I was able to find on this and that timeline and the sequence, it wasn't clear on that specific interest. But apparently the lawyer was successful in securing Sidney Ketchum's claim for him on this property. And they were able to set aside any ownership interest that Titus Bronson had on the property. So Sidney Ketchum, having completed his task and secured the land, he returned to New York. So upon his return to New York, he met with his brother, George Ketchum, and he persuaded him to join him in the New West. So that following April, a group of pioneer settlers headed by George Ketchum, arrived in Michigan and made the journey down the territorial road and the Indian trails to arrive at the settlement claim of what would become eventually the city of Marshall. Sidney Ketchum did not arrive with them in April. He would later return to Michigan in July of that year. He had a few business interests to attend to in New York. He had to settle some sale of some businesses on that he had over there before he could make his return journey to Michigan. But George arrived ahead of time and George Ketchum's crew built a log cabin which was 26 feet long by 20 feet wide and 11 logs high. And this was Marshall's first home ever built on the site of the new city. And from the cabin they were able to conduct the first church, which was conducted by Reverend John D. Pierce, who held the first church service there in July of 1831. And using that cabin as a stepping stone and a place of shelter, they were able to build a sawmill, which was built by September by George Ketchum and his crew. 
And this brought a lot of convenience to the new town because they were able to develop and provide simple additions to any other log cabins and dwellings they were trying to build, such as floors and doors and any form of lumber that they needed. George Ketchum was described as a man of strong frame and well-balanced mind. He was accustomed to carrying on a diversity of businesses and managing men. He arrived in what is now Marshall on April 18, 1831, accompanied by his gang of men, which I described earlier. And he had brought these men along with him specifically to build the cabins and the mills. And their journey from Detroit was made by ox teams over the Territorial Road, which at points was almost impassable with the holes and crossing waterways, and some of the waterways were completely bridgeless. The journey took about 11 days, and there was no house in this area of the country at the time, as it was a complete wilderness when they arrived. One of the men in his company, Larson Ball, had brought along his wife. She was the only woman in the company in this first group of settlers. And she would sleep in the wagon that they had brought and cook on the ground for the men during the day until the first house, or essentially the first log cabin, was built. The first house was, as I described, a log cabin, and it was built along Rice Creek. After the erection of the house, they built the sawmill. Sidney Ketchum, when he arrived in July after the establishment of the sawmill... He did not arrive alone. He arrived with his wife and five children, his parents, and a younger sister. So they brought this entire horde of people with them. And Sidney Ketchum was described as a man of commanding presence and also one with an air of confidence and honesty. He made good relations with the local Indians that were in the area. And they would refer to him in later time as the Great White Chief. Marshall was essentially a true camp in the wilderness. There was this band of men and women who labored all day long, hewing forest trees to make themselves homes and wrestling from nature a wherewithal to live. Many settlers would eventually follow, and the Ketchum brothers saw that most settlements were founded for agricultural or industrial reasons exclusively, but they had a greater vision for their community. They wanted something more. They envisioned a town that was replete with professionals, including doctors, lawyers, businessmen, and even politicians. Their dream was to evolve Marshall into the eventual county seat, and upon their endeavors, the city began to grow in that direction. So after the first sawmill was built that first year, they would still have to travel all the way to Tecumseh or Flowerfield and Constantine in order to get grain and flour for baking bread and and sustenance. So their next project was to build a grist mill, and that was completed in 1832. When that was completed... They were able to provide flour for bread and baking, and that ended the need for any trips to any other far-off settlements for supplies. Now, Sidney Ketchum also contributed his own share of first. The Mansion House was built in 1838, and it is on the site of the present-day Oak Lawn Hospital, which was the first brick home in Marshall. And Mansion Street owes its name 
to this massive dwelling. So if you're traveling around Marshall, you'll see a street there by the name of Mansion Street. And it's named after Sidney Ketchum's mansion. And this was a dwelling that was built on a slight hill where Ketchum could gaze down what was then known as Mill Street, and it's now known as Exchange Street. He could look down upon the thriving industrial area which was surrounding Rice Creek, which was the mills and, you know, the the sawmill and the grist mill. And there were other mills that were later established. The Methodist Episcopal Church was a gift from Sidney Ketchum, and it was considered the first stone church erected in Calhoun County. He also built the Marshall House Hotel in 1838, and it wasn't really one that was a first necessarily within the county or within southwest Michigan, but it was considered for many years to be Midwest's finest lodging this side of Detroit. And many travelers heading west would stay at the Marshall House Hotel that Sidney Ketchum had built. George Ketchum would become the first postmaster in Marshall. And there's some really interesting stories about that. The first postmaster essentially had a shoebox on his counter inside his place of business. And that was where the mail was delivered. And people would come and they'd check in the shoebox to see if any mail had come. And that was the beginning of the postal service in Marshall. Um, Horseback was how mail was typically delivered in the early days. And then later it turned into stagecoaches and eventually railroads down the line. But in those very early days, mail was delivered sporadically, usually every few weeks, sometimes once a month by means of horseback. And as time went on, the deliveries became more frequent, like every week, until eventually the volume increased enough where mail could be delivered a lot more frequently. But George Ketchum was the first postmaster. Now, George Ketchum would die before his brother. He passed away in June of 1853. He was in Sonora, California at that time, and he's buried in Sonora, California. Sidney would die in Marshall in September of 1862. And sadly, at the time that Sidney died, he was almost penniless. And historians that have written about him have stated that he had sort of overextended himself financially in his life. And he had a lot of deeds in Marshall with his name on it at one time or another. But in the latter part of his life, he had essentially overextended himself and was in a state of near poverty at the time of his death. The city of Marshall continued to prosper, however, after his passing, and the foundations that were laid by the two brothers to build that community with the early mills and the early structures and the hotel and establishing of the mail line and the delivery lines along the territorial road that arrived in Marshall. It placed Marshall in a position to flourish and prosper, and it did. Marshall's historic downtown area today is really the envy of probably a lot of cities in southwest Michigan. Many of the cities around southwest Michigan have not preserved as much of their historic downtown as Marshall, Michigan has. They have portions of it, or they have smaller versions, but Marshall certainly has done a magnificent job 
of preserving their downtown. And the early founders of Marshall would be very proud if they were to see the city today having preserved so much of their history. If you walk around Marshall, Michigan, today there are many historic markers. Some of them are on buildings. Some of them are on uh, signs that are posted around the community. And if you pay a visit to Oak Ridge Cemetery in Marshall, there is a big historic marker honoring both George and Sidney Ketchum that was placed there by their relatives. And when I first did a video out at Oak Ridge Cemetery, I assumed that George was also buried there. But according to an article in the Battle Creek Inquirer, of 28 June 1999, it indicates that George was buried in Sonoma, California. But Sidney is buried there, and there is a marker over his grave, which honors both himself and his brother. There is Ketchum Park in Marshall, which was dedicated to the names of the two Ketchum brothers. And quite fittingly, Ketchum Park is along Rice Creek. The sign and the marker commemorates the water-powered sawmill and the early log cabins that were built and how they established the important foundations for the early industrial area of the community. Some of the earlier buildings were also a malt house and a plow factory and, of course, as I mentioned before, the flour mill. And so Ketchum Park today stands as a memorial to not only the Ketchum brothers, but the early settlers of Marshall, Michigan. There is also a historic marker at the Marshall House to Sidney Ketchum. And there's a lot of other markers around the downtown area of Marshall. Um, I did a video on that on my YouTube channel about a year ago. And there's markers in front of the post office. There's markers where the original governor's mansion stood. There is a marker at the county fair and there's one where the capitol hill school was and several other ones around town um, isaac mccrary has a historic marker for where his house stood and his story is told which i'll probably cover in another episode and in the long-term history marshall did become the community that they had envisioned there were many professional doctors that set their stake and claim here in the city of Marshall. There were many businessmen that established themselves and prospered within the community, and there were also the politicians. And the business-minded people of yesteryear would be very pleased to know that many of their stores are still standing, and although they may have gone through an evolution, and they're different from what they were previously used for, Marshall itself has a thriving downtown community. And they've done a magnificent job of preserving the history, as I mentioned before. So that's going to conclude today's journey through history, exploring some of the story of Sidney and George Ketchum and how they established the village of Marshall and the city of Marshall as we know it today. And it was a fascinating history. And I just think that if you really look at their experience in life to hew an entire community out of the wilderness, as so many pioneers did in lower Michigan. That was quite an undertaking, and it was quite a daily toil in order to make any kind of comfortable existence in the long term. And considering the 
harsh winters and the the insect filled summers that we sometimes experience as we live here i just have to really have a high level of respect and admiration for that pioneer spirit that made them um, able to endure and succeed in the wilderness of uh, this area because there was swampland still and there was still a lot of forest at the time in southwest Michigan and to be able to hew a village or community out of just the wilderness as it was 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 quite an accomplishment and I find that part of history very fascinating when we explore it as the early days of the establishment of communities within southwest Michigan and the city of Marshall although very similar to many others has its own unique characteristics and uh, and it has its very unique and special story so I hope you enjoyed that walk through history today if you'd like to reach out to me you can find me at michaeldelaware.com and you can send me a message through there I'm always happy to hear from my listeners and I also wanted to throw out a reminder that I am going to be presenting in a very special Christmas program that is coming up on December 17th at the Battle Creek Regional History Museum. It is a Saturday and we are doing two shows. One is at 2 p.m., the other is at 6 p.m. There are still tickets available, but I encourage you to try to seek those tickets out very rapidly because they are selling very quickly as these people are looking for really fun things to do during the holiday season and this is going to be a very special presentation and on that evening we have special gifts for some members of the audience as part of the show that are being provided by honor credit union and the coffee and cocoa at the beginning of the show is being provided as a courtesy from big b coffee those are our two major sponsors Um, There are a couple of other sponsors. One is helping us out with the sound system. That is BC Sound. And we are getting some volunteers from Critical Computer Solutions to help us out with the uh, sound effects on the evening. So it's going to be quite an entertaining evening. Plus, we have a great cast of volunteers that are reading that evening. Dave Eddy, the former morning mayor of WBCK Radio. Also, Bobby... Mathis from the Union City Society for Historic Preservation, as well as um, Donna Rickman, who has been quite a wonderful historic reenactor here in the Battle Creek area, particularly known for her portrayal of Sojourner Truth, and Brian and Jill McCombs, also from Union City, that have done a lot of historic reenactments working with Bobby Mathis down in the Union City area. And, of course, there's also myself, the host of this podcast, as well as a YouTube channel on local history in southwest Michigan. So I hope that you will try to attend if you can. I'd love to see and speak with you guys before and after the show and know that you're listening to the podcast and enjoying it. And until next time, when we take another journey into yesterday and explore yet another fascinating chapter of southwest Michigan's history, thank you for listening. (laughs) 